Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome to the one and only Dave Fremlin Show. And I am the one and only Dave Fremlin, and you are listening to me. Yay! So today is, excuse me one second, today is Tuesday, um, December something or another, and it is a blustery, wet, rainy, yuck, depressing, gloomy, non-happy day here in beautiful central Florida. And I am going to talk to you today about restless leg syndrome, but not in the usual, uh, I'm going to do an update about last night, yeah, but I'm not going to talk about restless legs in the usual sense. I'm going to talk about one of the social uh, repercussions of having restless legs. Some are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Um, takes a so, super uh, duper long time yeah. to boot it up. Um, and so I, anyways, and now tonight I'm going to not give you some information. Yay! A doctor. Um, which I forgot what it is. You are listening to the Dave Fremlin Show. Yay! I guess we'll see what happens, right? I think people don't usually really talk about, and the thing that's hard for me and it's come up because somebody wants to date me and the restless legs is causing me problems and I think that it's a good time to discuss the social interactional and uh, like sort of peripheral and aggregate sort of problems related to restless leg syndrome because it came up this morning so first of all last night was the same as usual I really cut the sugar, I've cut back on artificial sweeteners. I've stopped drinking even like diet sodas, even at night. I've gone to like just water, like within hours of bed. I've increased the, th- the three and eight. I've done everything. And, um, and um, the bottom line is nothing really has changed. So last night I went to bed I went. I laid down in bed around twelve thirty, but I knew I wasn't going to go to sleep. I had the lights on. I was just laying there. You know, my mom would be reading somebody else. I listened to podcasts, and I, you know, kind of dozed in and out a little bit until about. Mm, I remember getting up around two fifteen to walk around, and I remember thinking, "Oh, two fifteen, right on time. Restless legs never fails," and it went away within the threes. I think I went to bed somewhere in the threes, middle threes, 3.30, 3.45, 3.50, somewhere in the mid threes. And I I might have gotten up once or twice around 6 or 7 a.m., which is not unusual. And I think I managed to hit around 6.30, 6 hours and 30 minutes of sleep somewhere in there. So not a terrible night. It is becoming commonplace for me, and I'm getting very used to it. And when there's not a horrible flare-up, I can deal with the level so it's really about level and duration as far as the uncomfortableness. And the level and the duration that I'm currently experiencing for the last few days has been tolerable. And so increasing tolerance for level and duration and learning how to sort of mitigate and camouflage and mask the symptoms are the ways that I'm dealing with it. Okay. So now... So this morning I woke up. Okay, so the problem, the socio problem, social problem related to restless legs is, I'm going to lay it out. There's a person 
who has been interested in dating me. Now, I have not been on a date. I have not been in a, a what you would call physical sort of relationship, any sort of emotional, uh, intimate kind of relationship for at least 10 years. And the reason is because Restless Legs has become so pervasive a part of my life. First, I was on the medications and the medications caused me mental health issues. Then I was getting off the medications and now it's been five years that I've been working on getting off the medications and on recovery and adapting to not taking medicines and adapting to the, the discomfort. And I just, the, first of all, the idea of being in, in spending the night or being on a couch, hugging or cuddling or snuggling with somebody close and having to get up every five minutes and move around, just, it doesn't seem fun. And go to a movie and not be able to sit still. It's going to be hard for the person who's dating me. And it's going to be embarrassing and humiliating and shameful for me. And so on that level, it's been, I've just basically put the whole idea of a relationship of any kind of physical contact, any sort of sleepovers, anything like that has been off the table, completely off the table, a decade so you can imagine my um, trepidation and anxiety when somebody starts making overtures toward me. And so what is occurring now is what do I do? Because the person is calling. They're obviously interested. Um, there's no reason why I can't enjoy making new friends, making new contacts, being closer to people. But I have a problem with restless leg syndrome and it takes over my whole life. And do I want to tell, okay, first of all, people who don't have restless legs, they don't understand restless legs. There's no way to make a person understand it. And I have friends that have known me basically my whole life that have known I've had restless legs and they still don't get it. They still think I can go on an airplane, get in a car, you know, I have it so bad, and this is graphic, but at night, if I have to go to the bathroom number two, I can't sit still on the toilet for long enough time to accomplish the thing I need to do. So, I mean, it's really, a pro it can be a big problem. And I take enough magnesium that caused me to have to go to the bathroom a lot. I don't really want to have to explain that to some 30-year-old that has never experienced these sorts of problems. And so where that falls on the social interaction problem is it makes it, I'm a very high maintenance person if you want to go out on a date with me. Even for a simple walk in the park holding hands, I'm going to be uncomfortable. And the, when I have anxiety, it makes the discomfort worse. And so as you can see, if you're logical, that to already have the problem that causes anxiety, then to add to that the anxiety of having to figure out how to explain it to somebody. So now my dilemma is, do I explain to this new person this whole medical history before we just go out on a date to hold hands? Or do I, what do I do? And so last night, because this is a very new sort of way to deal with this for me, and so what I did was I prayed to God last night. What do I do? You are listening to 
the one and only Dave Fremlin Show on Podbean. I don't want to blow this person off. I don't want to ignore their phone calls. I don't want to keep sort of, wait, wait. I don't want, I want to give them the opportunity to make an, a, a legitimate choice. Okay. So I prayed last night before I went to bed. I prayed twice. Once I asked for God to just solve the whole problem. And the second time I asked for God to, gu- to guide me through the problem and to give me the strength and fortitude to do whatever action I needed to do in order to handle it in the best way. I went to bed. I had a dream. I woke up. And today it seems clear to me that the answer is to disclose the truth to the person of interest and give them the opportunity to be to show me who they are and um, basically not to give out an entire medical history but to keep it as brief as possible I have a, a, a neurological problem that affects my comfort and it makes it very difficult for me to be comfortable sitting down and if you want to pursue any kind of relationship with me on any level, friendship or, or more, you have to understand that I go through a lot of discomfort and it causes me a lot of mental health problems and it makes me sort of a high maintenance person. Now you have the opportunity to decide where you want to go with that. And so it might even, by the time I actually talk to this person, it might be simplified even more than that. But the bottom line is I don't see the point because I'm going to see them again. And so, because we, we work in the same place, <laughs> we live near each other. And so, um, I think the best thing to do is to not give out an entire medical history on the first phone call, but to at least disclose, look, you know. And also, my father just died. You know, I have a little bit of a question about who hits on somebody right after their parent dies. So, um, you know, there's that. But I think the bottom line is my discomfort is stemming from the restless legs and my anxiety about starting any kind of a new relationship, friendship or otherwise, is coming from the embarrassment of my restless legs. And um, yeah, so I, the best guidance that I have gotten so far from God has been to be honest in as minimal way as possible that, you know, only information as needed, but to not keep stringing somebody along and make it the situation more tense than it has to be. So um, that's where that lies. Um, do I have another topic for today? All right, I'm going to spend just a couple of minutes talking. I don't usually do this, but I'm going to talk about money for just a couple of minutes because um, something come to my attention. I think I need to talk about it. First of all, the reason I don't talk about money is because I'm not I'm not a mathematical wizard. In fact, I can't really do math. And I'm not really that 100% savvy about money. What I am is I'm frugal and I am I I know the things that I want and I know the things I will spend my money on and then I know the things I'll spend your money on and I'm also very good at finding ways to make money do the work 
that I should really be doing or even using somebody else's money to do the work. And so I'm very good at that, but I'm not necessarily good at compiling wealth, okay? So, and I have a friend who is very good about not spending money. We're on the same page about not spending money. And we're also on the same page about compiling wealth, but her ideas are, she's much more aggressive about it than I am. And we both have the same financial person working with us. And she called me today and we were talking about money, which I don't like to do. And she was saying, well, she just doesn't think that the performance of our accounts, she thinks she could do better. And I, I go with the person I'm going with because they're a family person who's managed our, our money, my mom's money, my brother's money, my money for as long as I can remember. And, you know, so far so good. And I, if something can do better, I'm open to it. But I'm not open to just haphazardly handing out my money to random people because the first person that I had handling my money ripped me off. Okay. So, um, and I lost almost all my money. And so this time I'm going with a person that I know is stable and I trust. Now, if somebody comes up to me and they have a better plan and they have somebody that can make a better yield on their money, I will say to them, go and invest your money with this person and in six months, let me know how it's going and then I will talk to that person about my money. You know what I mean? But I'm not going to just jump in and I'm not going to argue about it and I'm not going to defend not going to defend my current money person because I don't know if she's the best or not the best. I know I've had her for a long time. I know I trust her. Do I know if I could do better with my money? I don't know. But if you want to take your money and you want to try something different and it works, then you let me know and I will try that same thing. Okay? But I'm not going to just have... I, I'm not the person to consult... If you are worried about making a financial decision, I'm not really the person to consult. So on that note, I do want to talk about something that is a way that I do believe and money should be um, handled is I have reason to believe and I listen to a lot of podcasts from people that are experts and at the end of every podcast I listen to, there's always a five-minute segment on money and what I am gathering is that the current rate of inflation and the current uh, political climate and financial climate that we're under. I'm Dave Fremland, and you are listening to the one and only Dave Fremland Show. I have a very strong belief that the financial system is going to come down. And I think that inflation is going to be so bad that money is going to really just be worthless. And I think that in a time of money being worthless, what looks like money is a can of soup, okay? A bag of beans is going to look a lot more like money when you're starving than a dollar bill, okay? Does that make sense? When I'm hungry, I don't think about eating money. I think about what the money can buy. And so a can of beans is going to be, you know, a, a can of beans when it's $100 is going to be worth more than having the money. Okay, so in my personal view, and this is not a long-term view, this is a short-term view, I believe that with the current coming inflation and the current coming environment, having your money invested in an investment brokerage, sure, 
I think that's a great idea. If you have assets, I think it's good to protect them as best you can. But I think that a good chunk of money, and I'm talking about a good chunk. I'm not talking about $500. I'm not talking about $1,000. I'm not talking about $1,500. I'm talking about several thousand dollars should be invested in guns, ammunition, medicine, band-aids, um, food, food storage, water, water storage, water filtration, and power sources, solar power sources, um, off-grid power sources. And I think that in a time of severe crisis, having a phone charger that works on solar is going to be worth a lot more than having money in the bank. And so uh, my financial recommendation, and I am not a king of money, I'm a king of not spending my money and spending other people's money, but I, for my dollar, guns, ammunition, and also some of that money should be spent on learning how to use the gun properly and learning how to load ammunition and learning the proper ammunition for your gun. So guns, gun training, and we're talking take $20,000 if you have it and get yourself some guns, some bullets, take some training courses, and then go and get yourself storable food, okay, as much as you can store, and a water supply of some sort. I have a, wa I have a 10 gallon water filter, and I would get a power source, like a solar, a portable solar panel and a portable solar generator, and I would have that where you can get to it. And that's not just in case of inflation. What if there's a flood? What if there's an earthquake? What if there's a tornado? I mean, what if there's power off in your neighborhood for 10 days? What if the road caves in that goes between you and the grocery store? You know, what if the truck line from the grocery store to the food warehouse is, you know, not working? Storable food, I'm telling you, in time of emergency, you're going to wish you had that storable food more than you wish you had a bag full of dollar bills. So storable food. Now, I got mine from uh, my Patriot Supply, but there are multiple uh, storage food places you can order from. I'm going to tell you, though, right now they're running. You're going to have to order fast because they're getting shortages and short. Most of the foods that I have ordered uh, have said order now because they're now not available. So order your food as soon as you possibly can and get that stored in a safe place, okay? As far as guns and training, um, anyways, how much uh, room you have. But gun training, okay? I strongly suggest that you take either a group or private lesson on safety, gun etiquette, and then how to properly load, clean, and take care of your guns, and then find out the right gun for you and get it and train on it. Because having a gun in the closet that you don't know how to use is a, a liability. Having a gun in the closet that you know how to use properly is an asset, okay? So those are an, a power source, okay? I have a solar panel that folds up the size of a briefcase, and when it folds out, it's six feet long. It's six feet long by about a foot and a half. It's the size of my laptop when it's folded up. And when it's unfolded, it's the size of like five of my laptop, okay? 
and um, and it plugs in to a battery. And you just hang that thing over the balcony for a few hours. It charges the battery. The battery can run a light bulb, can run uh, a little uh, a little heating. Uh, what do you call those? A heating thing with one stove, like for to make coffee, and uh, it can run a toaster. You know that kind of thing. So and it could you know charge a phone, and it can charge multiple phones at once, and then the phones can be used for other sorts of things. So. <coughs> It's a very handy thing. And those are those are my recommendations for your safety and security. And I, if, I you know, I can't say, oh, you should take me seriously. I say these things because I'm serious, okay? Whether you take me seriously or not is up to you. But if you really think logically about it, okay, climate, if you believe in climate change or don't believe in climate change, storms, catastrophes, natural disasters happen. Plane crashes happen. You know, I mean, I remember when I was a kid, a plane crashed in a neighborhood near my house and they needed emergency supplies. So it never is going to hurt to have those emergency supplies in your home. And I'm telling you, if hyperinflation occurs, your dollar is going to go, your, a can of food is going to be your commodity. So I highly suggest, I, anybody asks me how to invest money right now, I'm going to tell you invest in storable food. That's how, that's how I would invest my money because food will be more valuable. What's the most important thing you need? Food. And so, you know, food. Okay, and even if I was to lose my home, I could gather up my storable food and I could put it in a shopping cart and live homeless for, I mean, I have a, a heat source, a water source, and food. You know, I wouldn't need, I would be able to survive for quite a time. So there you go. Those are my tips for today. Um, I hope today's podcast was helpful. Uh, I think I hit on the importantest topic is the thing about restless legs and how to deal with it. So um, anyways, that's how it's going. And I hope you guys have a great day. Thank you for listening. Bye-bye. The opinions expressed in the Dave Fremlin Show are strictly opinions. I am not an expert. The Dave Fremlin Show is written, directed, and produced by Dave Fremlin and is a Dave Fremlin production. Thank you for listening.